and welcome back again to Maturing the Bride. We are in book two, which we call One Degree Off. We are trying to suggest that if you're only one degree off, well, it's not that big of a deal. But wait a second. If it goes on for a long distance, there are disastrous results. And what we're trying to suppose is that, is it possible that the church, which has been going for 2,000 years, could be one degree off? We did that by looking at the very foundations of our faith. And that foundational question was, just why did Christ come to the earth to die? Why did he come to the earth to die? We found four reasons for why Christ came. Number one was to die for our sins. We all know that one. We hear it almost every Sunday. We sing it in all of our songs. Number two, to die for all things on earth. We are rarely taught that. Number three, to die for all things in heaven. I don't think I've ever heard that one in the churches I've been to. But a fourth one is he died for the glory of the Father. He died for the glory of God. Some people do hear that. Some people don't. It's a mixed bag. But we found in our last time that Christ came primarily for the glory of the Father. As he was about to go to the cross, he cried out, O Father, glorify thy name. Christ died primarily for the glory of his Father. So that makes us want to ask a kind of a very simple question, and that is this. What's so great about God's glory? What's so special? What's so unique? What's so marvelous? What's so wonderful about God's glory? Why would Christ die primarily for the glory of God? Now, I teach this at a lot of perspectives courses, which invite me every now and then. And when I do this in lecture number two, I always start out by talking about the Grand Canyon. If you've ever been to the Grand Canyon, it's in Arizona. And uh, if you go there, it is an incredible sight. I once took my Egyptian friend there with me, and we had seen some things that were semi-close mm, a little bit. He thought, oh, I've seen it all. But when he walked up and he saw the Grand Canyon for the first time, he was in awe. Oh my God, I, I didn't expect that. It oh was God. an incredible view, an incredible picture. <laughs> Listen, when you are in the presence of the Grand Canyon, your problems, they just seem to vanish. Because you're not focused on you, you're focused on it. Why? Because it's so incredibly amazing. Your stress... You have no stress. It goes away because you're not focused on yourself. Your worries about your self-esteem, non-existent. You're not thinking about you. Why? You are in the presence of greatness. You are in the presence of greatness. When you're at the Grand Canyon, you're not even thinking about yourself. I don't care if you're on the verge of divorce. When you step up there, you drop your mouth. <laughs> you're just, this is incredible. Men and women, the analogy of the Grand Canyon is us to God. You and I were created to worship someone far greater than ourselves. You were created to worship someone far greater than yourself. You 
were created to worship God, to see his grandeur, to see his excellency, to see his greatness, to see his majesty. And I learned this from the four living creatures of Revelation chapter 4, found in verse 8. Revelation chapter 4, verse 8, we have these four living creatures. They're very strange. They've got four heads, and they're flying all around, and uh, they're kind of weird, but what they're doing speaks volumes. Let's look into it. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within. And day and night they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Now these four living creatures with the four heads, we didn't look at that verse, it's the previous verse, but we're focusing on this verse. They've got six wings with eyes all around. And these eyes are obviously watching God day and night. They never cease to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Now, I have two questions that I want to ask about these four living creatures. Here's question number one. Do you think they have a free will? Do you think they have a free will? A free will? What does that have to do with anything? Think through it. Do you think they have a free will? You might be sitting there thinking, oh, I don't know, you know, maybe yes, maybe no, and most of you want to vote, well, I don't know, and I don't really care. I'm not sure. No, 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 I want you to think through us. Listen, Jesus told us in Mark chapter 12, verse 30, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. With all your mind, with all, men and women, God wants you to love him with all your mind. Many Christians, when they go to church, leave their mind at the front door and they just don't think through things. They don't question. They don't say, whoa, wait a second. Why is this this way if this is this way? It doesn't make any sense. No, they, some of them just blindly believe what they're told. No, God says, I want you to think. I want you to love me with your mind. So let's try to love God with our mind and let's think through those options. Let's suggest that these four living creatures do not have a free will. They do not have a free will. They were created solely to worship God. That is their job. That is what they do. They have no options. They know other options. They are there solely to worship God. So the answer is no. So let's use our mind. Let's use our brain. Let's think. How does that make God look? How does it make God look? Yeah, how does it make God look? Look, does it make God look good? Does it make God look bad? Well, let's try to think through this. If they are forced to worship him, hmm, uh, that kind of makes God look a little, I don't know, harsh and uh, maybe overpowering. M you know, maybe he's a control freak. I don't know. And uh, maybe he's a dictator uh, and um, I don't know, maybe he's doing this all because he has a poor self-image and uh, he just wants people to praise him and to worship him. Harsh, overpowering, control freak, dictator, poor self-image. I've had all my audiences say those. Uh, and so it begs to ask the question, overall, how does that make God look? Well, overall, you know, <laughs> not very nice. Not very good. Why? Why? Yeah, why? 
Well, you kind of get the sense that maybe these four living creatures, I don't know, maybe they'd rather be out fishing or boating, or maybe they'd want to go shopping, or maybe they'd want to be playing cards, or maybe they'd want to be playing video games. And they'd rather be doing something else than worshiping God. Why? God is not that exciting. They're bored. They're not in the presence of the Grand Canyon. They're in the presence of a little toy, and they've got to worship it, but they're not excited. If they do not have a free will, it doesn't make God look very good. Hmm. What if they do have a free will? Well, if they do have a free will, we ask the same question, how does that make God look? If they do have a free will and they never stop worshiping God, how does that make God look? I don't know, it makes God look amazing, desirable, satisfying, glorious. Yes, it makes God look all of these things. And day and night, they never cease to cry out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Day and night, he is so amazing, he is so desirable, he is so satisfying, he is so glorious, they never want to leave. They never want to leave. Why? Because God's glory satisfies their very souls. God's glory satisfies their very souls. And so they don't want to, they don't want to go fishing. They don't want to go shopping. Th that's all junk. They want God. St. Augustine was a theologian in the 300s AD, and, and he wrote these words. There is a God-shaped vacuum in every man that only Christ can fill. There is a God-shaped vacuum in every man. In, in your heart, in my heart, there's a God-shaped vacuum, and only Christ can fill it. Only the glory of God can fill it. You have a hole that's waiting to be filled by the glory of God, so that when you look and you spend time with God and His glory, you radiate, you just say, I love this God, I am satisfied. He is incredible. The glory of God fills that God-shaped vacuum in each one of us. That's why you were created to worship God. His glory fills your soul. Now, I said there were two questions, so let's look at the second question to learn from these four living creatures. Here's question number two. Do you think their wings have cells and blood running through them like our arms? Do you think the six wings that have eyes all around have cells and blood running through it like our arms have cells and blood running through it? Well, I don't know. I mean, it says they are four living creatures. Living creatures. Living would tend to say, well, yeah, I, I guess uh, that they have cells. I guess that they must have blood. Yeah, uh, well, uh, you know, using our mind to love God. Yeah, uh, yes, they do. 
Yeah, I think so too. Most of my audiences agree. So here's the question. Day and night, they never cease to say. Day and night, they never cease to say. 24-7, they never cease to say, Holy, 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 it's the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Okay? Day and night. Hey, do you think they take coffee breaks? My audience would say no. Uh, do you think they, uh, they stop for breakfast? No. Text doesn't seem to say that. Do they, do they take a tea break? No. Do they stop for lunch or for dinner? Uh, no. What does that tell you? What it tells you is this. The glory of God satisfies our very bodies. The glory of God satisfies the very cells in our bodies. Men and women, that is why Moses could be up on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights, no food, no water, nothing, and come down radiating the glory of God. Radiating the glory of God. Why? He was in God's presence. He was in God's presence. And it satisfied him. It filled him. Every cell of his body. Oh, men and women, this is why it is so important that you are having quiet times. You need to be getting into God's presence and meeting with him. Why? So that he can satisfy you. Not only your soul, but your very body. You were designed to worship someone far greater than yourself. And in worshiping him, you get satisfaction in both your soul and in your body. Listen, I ran across a doctor by the name of Dr. Caroline Leaf. If you've never heard of her, just go to YouTube. It will light up with Dr. Caroline Leaf. She is a neuroscientist, means she studies the brain. She is way over me, okay? But I read her book, and I'm not going to quote it, but I'm going to give you the gist of it. I hope I do justice to it. But Dr. Caroline Leaf and her colleagues, the other neuroscientists that she works with, both Christian and non-Christian, are telling us that 78 to 95% of all sicknesses you and I get start in the brain. It's not a virus coming in from the outside. The majority start in our brain. And it happens through what are called dendrites. Every second of every day, we are creating dendrites. Dendrites are the memories that we form every second of our day. And there are two types of dendrites that can form. One is a positive dendrite. One is a negative dendrite. A positive dendrite is healthy and a negative dendrite is kind of folded over and unhealthy. Positive dendrite, negative dendrite. And you say in these dendrites, if you've got a positive dendrite, then your dendrite is going to be sending a positive signal to the brain. And from the, there also, it's going to be sending a positive chemical throughout your entire body. So if you're focused on something positive, it's going to send a positive signal and a positive chemical. And those positive signals and positive chemicals go throughout your body and they tell the cells in your body, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Cell, hey, listen, keep the bad stuff out, let the good stuff in. 
Keep the bad stuff out and let the good stuff in. So it's going throughout your body, telling the cells, keep those doors closed, keep those doors open, let the good stuff in, keep the bad stuff out. But, she says, if we have formed negative dendrites, in other words, we're focusing on something negative, we're focusing on something that isn't healthy, we're, we're really burdened, we're really stressed out, and we're worried. If you form a negative dendrite, your body, your dendrite, is going to be sending to the body negative signals and negative chemicals. And those negative signals and those negative chemicals go throughout your body and they say to the cells, hey, listen, open the back door. Open the back door and let the bad stuff in. And so these negative chemicals, these negative signals go throughout the whole body telling your cells, hey, you've got a back door. Why don't you open that up and let the bad stuff in? Now, I had no idea that in every healthy person there is cancer going throughout your whole body. But if you're healthy and you're focused on positive things, the back doors are closed to your cells and they're saying, no, you're not allowed in. But if you begin to focus on negative things, those back doors begin to open up. The cancer cells can get in and you can end up with cancer. Now, my wife's sister goes to a homeopathic doctor. And as she goes to this homeopathic doctor, a homeopathic doctor is a doctor that wants to use natural herbs to help people get healing. And so she goes to this homeopathic doctor and the homeopathic doctor said this, Show me someone with cancer and I'll show you someone with a lack of forgiveness. Let me say that again. Show me someone with cancer and I'll show you someone with a lack of forgiveness. She told that to my wife. My wife told that to me and I said, no, that can't be right because our dear friend who's a missionary has got cancer. She's been a missionary. She and her husband have been missionaries for decades and they've been overseas. Now they're back home. Now they're mobilizing people. And I said, she's got cancer. That can't be. And my wife said, oh, no. She hasn't forgiven her mother in decades. Apparently, her mother had done something, and she has had bitterness toward her mother. And that's been building up inside of her for decades. She ended up getting cancer. She ended up dying. I thought, isn't that strange? What that homeopathic doctor was certainly true in that situation or in that case. So that's what the homeopathic doctor said, but it's very interesting what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22. A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. A joyful heart is good medicine. Now, back in the days when the Proverbs were written by Solomon, he didn't know about dendrites. He didn't know about positive and negative dendrites. He didn't know about cells. He just said a joyful heart is good medicine. Oh, now it makes a whole lot more sense. When you focus on something positive, you're going to be more healthy. When you focus on something negative, it's going to wear on your body. I've seen it so true now that I know what I'm looking for in so many lives. Men and women, God continually points us to his glory. Why? For our sakes. 
for our sakes. He continually points us to his glory for our sakes. Why? He loves us. He wants us to be healthy. He wants us to have a joyful heart. But when we don't focus on God's glory, things go wrong. Attitudes go wrong. Things can go wrong in our bodies. And so God says, I don't want that for you. I don't want that for you. I want you to focus on my glory. I want you to see the awesomeness that my glory has to offer. And God warned us about this. In Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13, we read these words. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, that's the first evil, and have dug out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. That's the second evil. Two evils. Let's focus on the second one. They have dug for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. What's a cistern? A cistern is a well. That's all it is. It's a well. It's something that holds water. But this cistern is broken and it cannot hold water. What does he mean by that? What he means is that it leaks. It leaks. And as it leaks into the ground, guess what? You've got to add more water to fill it up. You have to fill it back up. And that takes work. And God says, I didn't design you for that kind of work. I designed you for something else. But it takes work to fill it back up. Now, what does he mean by this? They have done two evils. They have, they have dug for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Let me tell you what it means. In very simple, practical terms, it says we're getting our joys in something other than God. We're finding our joy in something other than God. And that joy that we're finding leaks. It leaks. So in other words, oh, wow, I went to that movie. It was powerful. It was moving. It was gripping. I loved it. I'm full. Uh, when's the sequel coming out? <laughs> I mean, that one was good. Now I can't wait for the sequel because I'm sure that's going to be good as well. And so the joy that we had leaked very quickly. And now all of a sudden we're waiting for the sequel. The movie leaked. It didn't satisfy us forever. It was very temporary. What about phones? Oh, yeah, man, I just got the latest iPhone. This is so cool. This is so great. I've got so much joy. Oh, wow, next September, the new one's coming out. And, and so the phone that I now have just uh, isn't that great. Maybe I'll save up some money. I'll try to get the new one. It leaks. The joy in a cell phone leaks. Maybe it's shopping. Oh, man, I went out, I bought all this stuff. I am so excited. But walking home, what? 70% off. Maybe I, sh I should go in there and, and look and see if I can get a better deal. Maybe it's trying to get a promotion and finally working toward that promotion. You realize now, finally, I'm the boss. And now that I'm the boss, it's kind of lonely. And... Uh, and not as exciting, not as fulfilling as I thought. And well, maybe I need to work toward the next position, toward the next level. It leaks. Maybe it's finding that perfect home on the lake, and and you're you're so excited. You've got the home. It's on the lake, and and uh, now all of a sudden, what? Well, but now I want more toys. I got to get the the skidoos, and I've got I've got to get a boat. And it leaks. It leaks. Men and women, drugs are going to leave you empty. Sex, 
can leave you empty. And God is saying those are all temporary things and they leak. I don't want you to put your joy in them. They're okay, uh, some of them, but they're going to leak on you. And so all of a sudden, our life is like a roller coaster. Our joy is like a roller coaster. We get great highs, then we go to lows, then we go back to highs, then we go back to lows, highs, lows, highs, lows. And our life is like a roller coaster. God says, I know, they leak. I warned you about this with my prophet in Jeremiah over 3,000 years ago. They leak. Don't put your joy in them. So what did he tell us to do? Well, he said, you've committed the first sin. That was, they have forsaken me, the fountain or the spring of living waters. They have forsaken me, the spring or the fountain of living waters. Men, what do you do to a fountain? Uh, nothing. Yes, that's right. <laughs> nothing. Why? It's bubbling up. It's bubbling over. You don't have to do any work. You don't have to fill it up. It's constantly bubbling up. What do you do if you want to get a drink? You just kneel down. You just kneel down and you drink from the spring. There is no work required. No work is involved. And God says, that's what I want for you. Don't forsake me, the spring of living water. Don't push me to the side. I want you to meet with me and find your joy in me. Get alone and meet with me. Come into my presence. Worship me. Seek me with all your heart. Just worship me. Worship me. Exalt me. Glorify me. For your sake. For your sake, God says. For your, I want you to worship me for your sake. To make you as happy as you can be. God says, I want you as happy as you can be. The best way I can do to get you as happy as you can be is to get you to worship me. I don't want you numb. Like most of people walking around in society, emotionally numb, and they're going through a roller coaster of little highs and little lows, but to a, to a large degree, they're numb. No, 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 I don't want that for you. I want you to worship me so you can be as happy as you can be. To make you as happy as you can be, God commands you to praise him. Praise me. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise me. Praise me, God says. Praise me is what God is saying. For your sake, for your sake, my glory is the only thing that's going to satisfy you forever. My glory is the only thing that satisfies forever. Forever and ever and ever, my glory will satisfy you. Therefore, Worship me. Come into my presence. Glorify me. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Men and women, for from God and through God and to God are all things. Everything is designed to point us 
to God. You were created to worship someone far greater than yourself. Far greater than yourself. That's what you were created for. Why? Because God has your best interest in mind. God has your best interest in mind. And that is he wants you to worship him. He wants you to worship him for your sake. For your sake. But much of us have missed it because we're one degree off. We're one degree off. We're searching the scriptures and we're asking the question, what can God do for me? What can God do for me? Men and women, what fills your well? What satisfies you more than God? In our next time together, we're going to find out why God is a jealous God. Why God is a jealous God and why he has to be jealous for our sakes. Welcome to Maturing the Bride. Hey, thanks for watching the One Degree Off Lectures in the Maturing the Bride series. I hope and pray that you are realigning your own personal walk with God in fresh new ways, living passionately for the glory of our Father. As you continue to invest in your eternity future, please consider Unveiling Glory. We're a 501c3 ministry, nonprofit organization. We want to get this message out as far as we can. Hence, please feel free to partner with us in getting this word out. Also, don't forget to check out our homeschooling curriculum, as well as all of the ministry opportunities that we have throughout Africa and in other parts of the world. We'd love to have you come on one of our short-term trips. Thanks so much. You have a super fantastic rest of your day.